This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. And as I am welcoming you to this show on a beautiful Saturday morning, Charlie is uh, arm wrestling with with a microphone, microphone. getting it over there. Yeah. Is it good? She's sitting here. I said, What about your microphone? Oh, it's on the other side of the table. Way on the other side of the table. Okay. Now she has swung it in position. And uh, are you ready to greet the. Greet the day. Hello. Good morning. Hello. There she is. What a gorgeous day. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. It is. It's really nice. But I mentioned to you when I stepped out the the apartment building today, uh, the side entrance is rather shady, Mm -hmm. and I I thought, good Lord, it's cold. Yeah, yeah. It was was really chilly. Kind of needed a warm (laughs) something this morning. Exactly. (laughs) And hello to James Dooley. Hello. Hello, Good morning, everybody. Yeah, yeah, we're all set to get going here on the garden show. And boy, if you want to talk about a weekend to do gardening, wow, this has got to be it, huh? Well, you know, for for myself, I'm going to be going home and uh, checking my garlic. It's time to oh, start harvesting oh. the garlic. That I think. sounds great. Yeah. I haven't pulled any up yet, but I think as soon as I do, I'm going to discover it is time. I love garlic. Both both I and I just yeah. love garlic, and oh, to the point where we have very few friends now. <laughs> <laughs> but you have each other. Oh, yes. That's all it that matters. Woohoo, stinky boo. <laughs> but love it. Love yes. it. So Fresh, anyway. the best. Uh, let me get the phone numbers on the okay. air, okay? Sure. Uh, for Toronto area listeners, here's what you do. Give a call to this number, 416 740, okay? Uh, anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. We have a number of callers already online, but we'll get to them in just a few moments. Okay. Meantime, Charlie, you usually have a whole raft of things to talk about. Oh, thank you very much, and as usual, I do. Uh, you do? Yep. People right. send me stuff. They like having their events announced. I think they find that uh, they get a lot more people out to their events when they're yeah. announced on the radio. So I'm happy to announce whenever I can. Here's one. Tomorrow, uh, if, you know, you want to see some flowers and you are kind of stuck in a situation where there's not a lot of flowers in your view, tomorrow between 12 noon and 4.30, the Toronto Japanese Garden Club is presenting the 26th annual, actually 36th annual, Nature's Beauty Show. There will be bonsai and ikebana demos. Of course, you know, that's flower arranging, special Mm. Japanese flower arranging and bonsai demos. There'll be lots of beautiful displays. And there's a tea room that opens at noon. Japanese tea. You can have a tea ceremony. There will be some very neat stuff for sale as well, plants, etc. So this is all taking place at the Momichi Senior Center, 3555 Kingston Road in Scarborough. So that's okay. just tomorrow between 12 and 4.30. Um, also, the Royal Botanical Gardens there, they have a, a, something called the um, 
Well, they have many, many gardens. It's a huge botanical garden, as you know, and they have the Veggie Village. This has been a real educational area the last few years because it's something there's a lot of interest. People mm. love the idea of growing their own food. Sure. And many people are totally new at the idea and need some direction on how to go about being successful. So it's a very educational area, you know, for people to learn mm-hmm. how to grow. So what the... RBG is doing this summer is they have certain weekends where they're going to start harvesting now some of the veggies. And so those veggies become the the um, sort of the, the main event for the whole weekend. So guess what they're harvesting this weekend? Garlic? Toma- yeah. no, no. Tomatoes, though. Uh, oh, it's, I thought I'd learned something. Yeah. And... Well, it probably could be. I don't know if they're grooning garlic. But, yeah, tomatoes and salsa is this weekend. Oh, well. So uh, uh, so head on over, if you can, to the Royal Botanical Gardens, of course. It's, the, it's an edible weekend from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. in the Veggie Village, which is right inside Hendry Park. There's uh, programming all about growing and cooking vegetables from your garden. It, this weekend, as I mentioned, tomatoes and salsa. Sunday, tomorrow at 2 p.m., there will be catering going on at RBG. It's called Catering at RBG, which is, I guess, the company. They will be doing cooking demonstrations and tasting samples of some unusual heritage varieties of tomatoes. You would like that. And learn about the many ways to enjoy them. Uh, one more thing. If Friday, August 15th, from 12 noon until 8 p.m. And then again Saturday, so this is next Friday and Saturday mm-hmm. from 9 to 3, is an opportunity to tour the uh, University of Guelph Trial Gardens. Trial Gardens are, well, we'll explain it here. So the Trial Garden at the University of Guelph is at 328 Victoria Road South, which is the Turfgrass Institute. And as you drive down Victoria Road, you can't miss. It's just beautiful. The gardens are right there along the road. So you pull in and park. It's all open to the public those two days, Friday and Saturday. Um, so this, like I say, entrance to the Guelph Turfgrass Institute, the trial gardens, 1,400 square meters of growing space allows gardeners to see what flowers and plants perform best in southwestern Ontario's climate. It's the only university-operated ornamental trial garden in Ontario, and it's part of a network of research centers across North America set up to determine which plants grow uh, higher and fuller, bloom quicker, uh, stand up in extreme weather conditions, and resist common plant diseases. So it's, it's, you can see, touch, feel, smell, and they're all named. So you take pictures, make notes, and it's for next year that you're planning. There's vegetables, there's flowers, there's perennials, there's roses. Oh, an easy way to learn uh, about the plants. And, uh, well, the... you read the catalog, yeah. you look at the pictures, and you think that's what you're going to get. And then you buy the plant and grow it, and it doesn't look like the catalog or act like the catalog. So this is a good way to see the, the actual plants doing actual, you know, thriving and living or not, right? Some yeah. won't be thriving. Mm, because yeah. that, that'll be in that particular district, whatever district. Well, yeah, that's southwestern Ontario as yeah. well. So it's um yeah, but what, what's interesting about trial gardens is they're all over North America and they all grow the same stuff. Oh, very good. So okay. because the growers send the seeds yeah. and the plants to the trial gardens, and everything is is tracked. So there's all t- tons of information is taken from all these different plants o- through the process of the growing season. It all comes together at the headquarters, and then all America selections are is, chosen. Is there a website folks could go to by any chance? Do you, if you just you know? Google University of Guelph Trial Garden, okay. you'll get the uh, information on how to get there if you need to learn more about that. But just so you know, Frank, because you've never been to a trial garden, it's kind of neat because everybody gets, when you walk in the door, yeah. walk in the, there's no door, but when you enter the site, you will be handed a flag so it's a little 
colorful flag on a wire post. And after you've walked the gardens and you've looked and smelled and touched and felt and you choose your favorite plant out of everything you've seen there and you plant your flag in your favorite plant. And this is all kept track of. The public has a say as well. Like in landing in, on the moon. In plant in the what, flag. What <laughs> counts, yeah. What's important. All right. Well, and that's all, all of the uh, items mentioned. Very interesting. And yes. I'm sure we've got some interesting questions on uh, the way, too. Do. In fact, I had indicated that we do have callers online. So Sharon out there in Georgetown, hang tight. We'll be with you in just moments here on The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. The only and sometimes the unexpected AM740 with Frank Proctor. And here she is, Charlie Dobbin, ready to have a little chat here with Sharon calling in from Georgetown. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning. It is a beautiful day. Good morning. Um, I, ha- I have a hydrangea. Um, it's, this is third uh, summer. It's a beautiful, healthy um, plant. Mm-hmm. Um, the foliage is gorgeous, but I'm not getting in, uh, blooms. All right. And did it bloom last year? Pardon? Did it bloom last year? No, it has never bloomed, really. It's got these little teeny tiny um, ones that maybe, like, come out. But they don't, I don't, I'm not getting the big uh, the big blooms. It's the Endless Summer Collection, mm-hmm. Boost and Shout. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's such a beautiful shrub when it blooms. So you do get buds and the buds don't open? Yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're getting, yeah. Hmm. Basically, yes, you're right. It's... Um, as I said, it's it's so healthy, but the little ones they just don't seem to want to. They come out, but they're maybe the size of a toonie or something, maybe a little bit bigger than that. How much sun is it getting? It's getting actually this right now. It's starting to get sun. Mm-hmm. It's in the back garden. It gets sun all afternoon and just into the evening. Hmm. So lots of sun then, like six lots hours of plus. Sun. I'm watering. I'm fertilizing, but I'm wondering if there's something else I should be doing. Hmm. No, <laughs> you're doing all the right things. And of course, the watering is important, though this year we've had a fair amount of precipitation, so nothing is really suffering from lack of water. Um, don't do any more fertilizing. Um, and yeah, so be careful that sometimes when we fertilize, we end up with a lot of leaves as a result of all that fertilizer that's encouraging lush green growth, but not encouraging those lovely flowers that you're really oh. growing that plant for. Mm-hmm. I do find that hydrangeas, particularly the whole endless summer group, that whole series, tend to have an on year and an off year. So they flower one year and they don't flower another year. Was this plant flowering when you bought it? Like, has it ever flowered? No, hmm. not not to what like um, my my neighbor has one now. Hers is in the front yard, and uh, she's got beautiful big pink blooms on it. Hmm. And mine is in the backyard. Now, somebody had mentioned bone meal. Well, bone meal is phosphorus because it's you know made from ground up bones, so it's predominantly phosphorus in terms of the macronutrient that is required by plants, and phosphorus is what will help with flower bud formation. Uh, The higher the amount of phosphorus that we give to plants, it'll also support root growth. You probably are not lacking for um, roots. The plant has been there for three years and it sounds very healthy. Um, So bone meal is something we typically use when we're planting a plant just to get those roots growing. And if you're going to do any fertilizing at all, I would definitely be using a flowering plant fertilizer, which tends to be like a 15-30-15. So it's twice 
the middle number is twice as high as the other two numbers, and of course the middle number is the phosphorus. Mm-hmm. So, yes, keep right, you know, that nitrogen is the first number, and that's the one you don't want. You don't want to be putting any nitrogen or minimize the nitrogen. I'm, I'm a little torn as to what to say. On the one hand, I would say, you know, if you could take it back and, and say, look, this is a bum plant, I want the same thing, but I want one that's flowering before I take it home. That way, at least you know it does flower. The other is, have you ever trimmed it? Like, do you give this plant any kind of a haircut in the spring? Uh, yeah, I, um, actually, I've been doing it in the fall. I cut it down to about six inches. Huh. Okay, so what I would do is I would avoid uh, cutting it so low in the fall. I would do that in the spring. Okay. And so try that next spring. And like I say, any fertilizer you're going to use, make sure it's a flowering plant fertilizer. Okay. And, and don't just pump a lot of bone meal by itself. If you want to sprinkle, you know, half a handful of bone meal on the surface of the soil, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and again, do that next spring. But, uh, and give it one more, but talk to it. Tell it. You need some flowers or it's going in the composter. Well, I've been talking to it and telling them how beautiful the one is out <laughs> That's my right. neighbors. And my, it, you're no, you're look really look me next sad. door. Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That can work too. Make it jealous. <laughs> Take a picture okay, of the neighbors so and much. show it to the plant. <laughs> okay. Good luck. Let us know how that works. And Unbelievable. If, if your neighbors think you're nuts, don't don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, of course not. We know you are anyway. But you know it, it's so frustrating when you're doing all the right things, right? You know, and you yeah. don't buy the plant for a bunch of green leaves. You buy the plant for the for amazing flowers. flowers. Exactly. I'm going to Google this plant and show it to you, Frank, and you're going to okay. go, oh, my gosh, I understand why she's all planted right. that. While you do that, okay. I forgot to give our little mantra for the oh, show, which okay. is call early, call often. One question per call. And also, I forgot to make mention that when you do call, uh, and you'll be talking to James right off the bat, uh, let him know if you are a first-time caller because then you'll hear the wind chimes welcoming you to the show. And we do have to, at 9.21, take a little bit of a break here and come right back and have a wee chat with Helen calling in from T.O. All right. And the Garden Show from AM740. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, phlox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And on this beautiful Saturday morning, we're delighted to say hi to Helen in Toronto. Good morning, Helen. Morning. Morning. Good morning, Charlie. I have a little pine tree given to me at Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's about a foot or 15 inches high. Mm-hmm. And it did very well inside our apartment in the winter, but now I want to put it outside. Um, do I put it in a larger pot or do I plant it in the ground? There's hardly any sunlight in the summertime mm-hmm. due to the trees. So, okay, help me understand this little pine tree that you got at Christmas time. Is it, by any chance, called a Norfolk Island pine? Oh, golly, I don't know. Okay, because there's... Did somebody give it to you as a gift? Yes. All right, and it was at Christmas, and it was like a little plant with some small, maybe little decorations or something on it as a mm-hmm. Christmas thing. It's small. Mm-hmm. Okay, do, see, the question is, there's... At Christmas, we rarely see what are called hardy pine trees, little pine trees, available for sale. The hardy ones being the ones that live outside. Mm-hmm. We do, though, see some tropical little pine trees for sale. And I'm just wondering what you might have there. Do, do you have a sense that it is a really like a regular outdoor pine tree? Well, I have a sense that it is. But since it's so small, it's hard to tell. How, it's very, very... Uh, shiny leaves, like it's 
it's done beautifully outside this summer. How long would you say the needles are on this plant? On the plant, oh, golly, um, half an inch? Maybe three quarters to a, an inch. Oh, okay. Hmm. Is there any possibility you could take a photograph of this plant? Oh, sure. Can you send me a picture of it? Oh, yes, I could. I couldn't get my little digital camera. Excellent. Perfect. So you know what you do? Take a photograph with your digital camera. Frank is going to give you my email address. You're going to send me an email with that picture attached to it. And then I can determine exactly what kind kind of pine it is. If it is an outdoor pine, which it might be by the sounds of it, then the sooner you get it outside, the better. It should not be inside over the winter. Oh, it should not. It should not. But if it's a tropical plant, of course, it needs to be inside in the winter or it will die. So that's why I just want to be clear and give you the right advice. Oh, lovely. Thank you. All right. Perfect. So um, get your pencil and paper, and Frank will ensure that you have my proper email address. Thanks, Helen. I want you to go out and have a nice lunch, Charlie. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Well, are you implying that I should buy her lunch? (laughs) No, there's an idea. No, there's an idea. a good idea. (laughs) Gee, thanks for calling, Helen. Thanks, Helen. And probably (laughs) Helen lives close by. She could join us for lunch. Well, sure. It's on Frank. Oh, what the? James, you're invited too. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Oh, (laughs) Frank's panicking. (laughs) I'm panicking already. Okay. Let me get you the, I'll, I'll give that number in just a couple of minutes to give you a email, chance. Email, not number, uh, email. Yes, email. Yes. Uh, so get a piece of paper and All pencil right. handy, okay? All right, thanks for thanks, your call, Helen. Helen. A lot of fun there. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> well, hey, wait a minute. I'm looking forward we, to that lunch. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Uh, <laughs> hey, we're going out to Port Perry, and wouldn't you know, the wind chimes are coming to play here. Oh, no. Yes. Ooh, Dean. Good Hi. morning. Hi, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, we have a, a lemon tree, mm-hmm. and it's um, over 50 years old. Wow. And uh, every year we put it out mm-hmm. um, at end of May, very beginning of June, mm-hmm. and uh, we bring it in. Um, oh, for, that's my other tree. Just a second. The, about the lemon tree, mm-hmm. um, we, we didn't get any lemons for quite a few years, like maybe 10, 12, and then we got 25 lemons. Mm. And now we get maybe, and that was about maybe seven, eight years ago, Mm -hmm. and now we get maybe one or two. And uh, my husband is wondering if we should, does fertilizer create the blossoms? What should we do to create more blossoms, or is that possible? Oh, it is. It's great that you've kept it alive for that many years. That's quite a... So I guess what you need to do is you need to channel whatever techniques you used seven or eight years ago and keep doing that. (laughs) So, so, okay, what is is a lemonade in order to be truly happy in our world? Mm -hmm. Obviously, you're doing a lot of it right. It it needs to go out as you're doing all summer. It needs to be inside in a very sunny location Mm -hmm. all winter. It needs as high of humidity as you can provide so that, you know, our our dry homes with our furnaces, it's always nice to get the little spritzer out and start spritzing it in the winter just to keep that humidity up. Yes, fertilizer is a good idea when the plant is actively growing, and it will actively grow in the spring and early summer, meaning new leaves and new, new, all kinds of new growth at that point. That's when you fertilize with a flowering plant fertilizer, like a 15, 30, 50. 
16. Okay. Okay. If it's as old as you say, when was the last time it was repotted? Oh, probably, I would say maybe eight years ago. Oh, okay. So that's not that bad. And it's in a, a huge um, pot now. Yeah. It's, um, it's over eight feet tall yeah. and it's about... Uh, 14 feet around. Wow. wow. And do you, you do some pruning and trimming on it sometimes? I do a lot of times. This year I didn't. Okay. Uh, but most years I pretty much, I don't take it right down, of course, no. but I really clip it. Okay. And um, I thought this year I'm just going to leave it and see if that yeah. makes any difference. Well, you'll, you'll get the fruit if you get the flowers, which you know. And, of course, you'll see flowers on your lemon tree in, in like, January, February. When the light oh. starts to get more intense. Okay, that's right, we do. Yeah, so that's when you, so when you think about clipping and that sort of thing and when the fruit would be on, you would do your trimming after, of course, the harvest. So typically if you had fruit on it, you would have the fruit now. Mm-hmm. And it'd be, we have one this year, so we can follow it. Yeah, follow it. And when you're at the point of uh, it's ripe and you're you know, harvesting the crop, so to speak, do that and then do some pruning at that point. Uh, bring it in the house, obviously, in September. Mm-hmm. Next spring... Consider uh, scraping the top half inch to inch of potting soil off the surface oh, okay. and replacing with some fresh. Okay. Don't do any root damage. If you run into roots, just work around them. But that's one way you can, you don't have to repot, but you will do some freshening of that potting soil. And that will help a bit. Down, would I... if, if you can go down a full inch, that would be fine. Okay. But don't try and go down any further. I add it, but I've never really scraped any off. So yeah, off. it does okay. disappear because it does slowly over the years disappear. So yeah, you might take away half an inch and add an inch kind of mm-hmm. thing. All right. Thank you. And could I ask about a Benji? I think oh. my, my colleague here will oh. not oh, let dear. you. Oh dear. Aldine, you're just about set to go over the line there. We'll call <laughs> you, <next week. laughs> okay. you can even try to get back in on the show by calling again, okay? Yes. okay. Thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for well. calling. Thank Bye-bye. you. First timer, Aldine. Maybe she'll be a second time caller. Yes, exactly. We should yeah. get a sound for the second time callers. Well, as a matter of first time caller, coming up again here. Oh, this is wild. This is great. Yeah. And we have the uh, old wind chimes there. Uh, there they are. Uh, Dorothy from Burlington. Good morning and welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. Good morning. Good morning. I just uh, was calling to let you know that a group of us had gone out to the Whistling Gardens ah. uh, this past week, mm-hmm. and uh, unfortunately it was a cloudy day and we got a little rain, but uh, it was very nice. It's really a work in progress, Isn't it? but it's going to be beautiful it's... when it's all uh, completely finished. It's huge, and, isn't it? Uh, I spoke to the owner uh, to Darren uh, about it, and he uh, knew you had been there. He mentioned you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, so I, I just thought I'd let you know that Excellent. we had gone Excellent. out there, and he has a beautiful aviary and all uh, yeah, these the birds, uh, these birds, and uh, they're lovely. Uh, and you uh, saw the swans the, and the um, musical water. Yeah. Oh, was that running when you were there? Yeah, it was running. Oh, yes. neat! I didn't see that. It wasn't controlled. running. <laughs> yeah, he's got water, lights, and music, and he's a Darren, the yes. creator of these mm-hmm. gardens, is also a musician. He's composed. Oh, man. The music yeah. that he's got the the That's fountains right. running That's to. That's what he was saying that he had composed it. Yeah, you know? he's very it was creative. Really very pleasant. We sat there. He had a 
covered uh, area yeah. uh, where we listened to it and watched it, you know. Well, gee, nice. thanks, thanks for calling in, Dorothy, because a lot of people now will you know, Yes, I know consider... you have a lot. Anyway, I just want to let you know. Thank oh, you that's for, great. for the feedback. And thank I'm you. happy right. to hear you enjoyed yourself. Thank you. All righty. Have a great day. Another plug for Whistling Gardens. Exactly. Remember, we had Wanda on the yep. show. That's, that's Darren's wife. Yeah, okay. yeah. Delightful gal. And boy, the, the work that they're doing there apparently is just unbelievable. Yeah, it's great. Well, now, here we are off to Scarborough next uh, on the Garden Show from AM 740. Charlie Dobbins had to uh, speak with Ed here. Good morning, Ed. Good morning. How's everybody today? Just terrific. Great. How are you? Uh, very good for a young kid. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no, I've called a couple of times and I sent uh, uh, photos of a wheat, oh. which I am unable to kill. <laughs> You know, oh, did you, but did you send me a new photo of that? Because remember we talked last week, didn't we? Yes, and I put it on, on white paper, and, and I oh, and I, uh, I didn't see uh, it, it looks pretty good from uh, the copy I seen. Okay, so I I didn't see that email. So you did resend that to me. Yes, I did. Yes. To the mzmedia.com. dot com. Yeah. Uh, I have your emails uh, in my system now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Ed. You know, You're I went on my, on my email list. <laughs> I went through. Oh, that's fine. I went through all my email yesterday evening, and oh. I don't recall seeing that. So you know what? As soon as I get home today, let me look that up, and I will respond immediately. Well, my apologies. Well, what I'll do, I, I can send another one if you want. Yeah, let's just clarify. Make sure that we've got the right. It's C dot Dobbin. Right. At mzmedia.com. Yeah, I get acknowledgement saying they've received it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let me double check. Maybe I was just blind. I, there was so much going on there, I didn't see it. Okay. But let me check, and I'm, my apologies for oh, not no, responding. No, I understand. So do you want me to call back next Saturday, or would you... I will respond to your email. Oh, okay. Okay, right. and tell you what it is, if I, if I can, and uh, yeah. If right. it's okay. If it's something that I think a lot of people might be struggling with, then for sure we'll bring it up next week as well. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Ed. Right now. Okay. You're listening to AM 740 Zoomer Radio. And the Garden Show is on the air with Charlie Dalvin. Angela from Brampton, you're up. Good morning. Good morning, (laughs) Charlie and Frank. Good morning. I have two beautiful hibiscus trees that are doing absolutely amazing, Mm -hmm. but I have no flowers. I get one bud or two buds, and that's it. You know what I think is going on there? You are taking too good of care of those plants. They need to to suffer a little more. Hard love. (laughs) Hard love. Tough tough love. love, You know what? When a a hibiscus is lush and green, this kind of goes back to our first caller with the hydrangea. Lush and green, but no flowers. Sometimes the best way to get plants to flower is to obviously give them the sun that they require, uh, make sure they're in a good soil, but only water as necessary. So in the case of your hibiscus, don't um, don't take such good care of them. Let them dry out between waterings. Let the leaves almost go so they'll get a little bit limp. Uh-huh. Also, the shine will go off of the surface of the leaves. They'll get a little bit dull. The green will, will get a little bit dull. The uh-huh. leaves will get a little bit limp. Then water thoroughly, like thoroughly so the water comes out through the holes in the bottom of the pots. Oh, okay, so let them dry right out. Yep. And you will find that that process of drying out, thorough watering, drying out, thorough watering, that will promote uh, blooming. Oh, should I be uh, fertilizing it? We, if we are going to do fertilizing with hibiscus and any of our flowering tropical plants, we do it when they are actively growing, and typically that is spring and early summer. If you haven't fertilized at all in the last year or so, you could consider 
one shot of fertilizer now uh-huh. uh, following the, the package directions and ensure that you are using a flowering plant fertilizer. Yes, that's what I'm doing, okay. yes. All right, so if you've been doing some consistent fertilizing, then pull back on the fertilizer and pull back on the watering as well. When you okay. water, water thoroughly, but just let let that plant suffer a little bit and I think you'll find you'll get lots of buds. Yeah, because last year they were beautiful, but this year all I'm getting is just one flower, two flowers. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, and, and the other thing we often find is that as the, we get to the end of summer and the days are getting shorter, the plants will spark into, into bud and bloom. And there we are hauling them into our, you know, front doors, these plants that are covered in flowers and we can't cut them back now and they're huge. So uh, that's why when we trim our hibiscus, we try and do all our trimming in the spring because we know we don't want to trim them in August and September because that's typically when we see all the buds and blooms. Oh, well, there's no buds on them, so should it, could I trim them back now? I wouldn't. I would, I would do what I said in terms of the watering, and I think you'll find lots of buds are going to suddenly appear. Okay. Okay. Good luck Thank with that, so Angela. Much. Have a great day, both of you. you Thank too. you. Thank you. And, uh, boy, it's a busy show this morning. We do have a uh, caller right around the corner here in Toronto. Dorothy, welcome to The Garden Show with Charlie Dubman. Good morning. Morning. Uh, Back in April, I got a few plants given to me when I was sick, mm-hmm. and of course they're dead now. And I was wondering, I've been trying to get them to rebloom, and I've been giving them water, but nothing seems to happen. Okay, so, but you said, of course, they're dead now. So hold on, let's be clear. Are they dead or alive? Well, I mean, they died, and I cut the leaves off, and it's back to a bulb size. Okay. Uh, and, uh, any idea what these plants might be? Well, um, two of them look like they were sort of daisies, or oh, it like was maybe a pink little flower, mums. but bigger than a daisy. And of course, the Easter lilies got planted right. in the earth, Excellent. and they yep. come up every August to September. Yeah, so that's fine. Yeah, yeah, and it's, as many plants, it's a one-year cycle, so you'll see them again next next spring is when you'll see them. Yeah. The, but the these lilies. other ones, like little pink daisies, maybe they're a little mums. So the green leaves, obviously. So they yeah. finished flowering. So yeah. when you look at them now, are there green leaves on these little plants? There's no leaves. Oh, okay. They may have, if, if there's no, but there's little, are the green stems or is it all brown? No, they're, no when the plant died, mm-hmm. uh, after I had it for two weeks, Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, well, maybe it would come up again. So I waited a week, and then I started watering it. Mm-hmm. But nothing has come up. Yeah, I would. they're compost by the sounds of it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, unless they're bulbs, because that's, I mean, like your lily, for example, they grow, they bloom, we enjoy them, they finish blooming, they die down, they have a sleep, and they wake up again. Uh, but with other plants, like little mums or some of the small tropicals, they need to be growing. They they don't have that same kind of dormant period where they go completely brown and then rejuvenate the way a bulb does. Bulbs are a little different. So if you if there was little daisy type flowers, they were probably little chrysanthemums or mums. And yes. if they're completely brown now, I would compost them. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks for your call. Thank you, Dorothy. And it's nine forty one here on the Garden Show from AM seven forty here in Toronto. And Charlie Dobbin next going to be, oh, we're going to welcome a first-timer uh, on the uh, line from St. Catherine. So stay by for that. Wind chimes are on the way. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Uh, uh, welcome. Ask not. 
For whom the chimes toll, they toll for thee, Pat. Welcome to the show from St. Catharines. Oh, thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, my question is, I have a very invasive mm. um, giant... Um, <laughs> trumpet vine. Trumpet vine. Mm-hmm. And it's going into my neighbor's yards. It's, it's, I, I just can't seem to control it. Is there any way that I can get rid of it? Not easily. <laughs> you know, it's funny, it's one extreme or the other. Either plants are so happy they're taking over, or plants are so unhappy they're disappointing us. So, or not make growing. plant unhappy. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you planted it originally, is it up against your house or the fence? Or? I put it up against the back of the yard against a very ugly fence that mm. I was trying to cover. Right. So it's covering not only the fence, but the rest of the neighborhood. Yes, and mm. it's coming up amongst a lot of my prize plants. Yes. The they, they can travel suckers. 20 feet. Yeah, the suckers come off the roots. Yeah, so you'll have um, all kinds of little baby trumpet vines growing up from all over your lawn and, like you say, in amongst the garden. Is there any way, if I, tr- if uh, I take down the main stem, like take yep. a chainsaw to it, yep. would it eventually disappear? Eventually, but keep in mind, so yes, that's actually ultimately what's going to be your best bet, but it is a process. So even if you chainsaw that plant down at ground level uh-huh. and remove all that foliage and all those you know stems and, and et cetera, the, get it all off the property, the root is still there and the root is still alive. Uh-huh. And it will, as long as there's energy in that root, it will continue to send little suckers or sprouts up either from that main stem or off of the roots anywhere where they might be in your yard or your neighbor's. So your challenge is to stay right on it for the next, it might take three or four years, to stay on top of always removing any green growth that comes off of the root. So I do that in my yard, mm -hmm. but the next, and my my neighbor behind me controls it, but we have another neighbor on one side and she's not controlling it. So Mm -hmm. therefore all those stems are coming back into my yard from her side. Hmm. Okay. She has to control it too. That's right. She's elderly, so she's not going to do that. Um, so she, is her garden just kind of wild and woolly and yes. out of control? Hmm. So I wonder if you spoke with her and said, you know, we're trying to, like, you know, my mistake, you know, my bad, I planted something that is now a problem for everybody. So if you explained to her that you're going to take it out of your yard and your other neighbor's going to control it in their yard, and would she mind if when you're chainsawing it down at your place, you also took some chainsaw to her area? And you can... You, you could even uh, do that sort of suffocation thing maybe in her yard. So it wouldn't be that having to go back every week or so to take off little suckers, but actually put some dark mulch, some plastic, some um, – I've even been known to put uh, road salt on top of things. I know he's <laughs> – Frank's yeah. looking at me like, oh, my gosh, you've actually done that? Yes, yeah. to to kill something that keeps growing back as long as I'm not trying to put prized things right in that area immediately. Salt will make – will so, okay. um, Salinize the. Put a saucer on top of it. Yeah, exactly, and just make that happen. That'll and that salt will eventually dissipate, and the soil will be fine again. But for the first year or two, that salt will will make the soil quite salty and make it so that trumpet vine can't grow. 
Okay. Well, I know, <laughs> bit of a challenge. I know it's the thing I, about I invasive. Wish I warn people before they buy these plants, what's going to happen to them? <laughs> well, it's true. There's so many examples of plants that you know. A, a good one that many people grow is called agapodium or goatweed, and it's a happy plant in in many people's gardens. Before you know it, it's in the entire neighborhood. So yeah, yeah you got to well, be careful. I first spotted this um, trumpet vine. It was way out in the country, mm. and I didn't matter you yeah, know it was great out there know, and it was in full bloom and it just caught my Gorgeous, eye and, I yeah. thought that's, and actually it's not getting that many blooms anymore oh really before it was lovely and it, it was a, it was a pain but at least it was pretty yeah and now, so now it's all woody getting <laughs> It's all about the new growth when it comes to trumpet vines. So, yes, keeping them under control and keeping them pruned early in the season is the way to uh, maximize the flowering later. Mm-hmm. But yes, you're so right. I guess it's the best time to do this would be in the springtime. Uh, yeah, exactly. You could certainly get at it perhaps later this fall just to start the process, and then you're going to stay right on top of it starting in the spring. Any new growth? Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank Pat. you very much. Thank okay. you. Good luck with that. Thanks. Bye bye. A word that came up there uh, reminded me of you know those books of uh, famous quotes from famous people. Yes, I do. Well. There was one I read, and, and Fence reminded me of uh, a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt. Mm. Uh, once had a flower named after her, and she was quite delighted about that until she read the description <laughs> of the flower, which said, doesn't perform well in a bed, but is fine up against a fence. <laughs> and I thought, that's the immediately what came to mind. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go. Of course. Well, now, uh, do you think maybe we better take our next commercial break here? Uh, no? no. Oh, we're, we're okay to go? Alrighty, Mary from Guelph, here are the wind chimes for you, my love. There you go. Welcome to the show. Good morning and welcome. Hi, Charlie. Um, there was a gentleman that phoned in last week, and of course he phoned in again today, about that weed that he was having a problem with. Yes. Now, I, I, it's a highly prolific plant, and mm. I have ruled out the... Uh, Overgenerous hogweed, that huge plant that mm. has leaves that two and a half, three feet in breadth. Yeah. Um, the stalk can grow anywhere from six to eight feet high, like for the flower itself. Mm. And it does become a very big plant, and it oh. is toxic. And evidently, for the hogweed, some, somebody has to come mm. and uh, dig it out and dispose of it. Now, this uh, weed here, uh, mine are growing three feet high. And on the leaves um, are about uh, 18 inches long and about maybe uh, 7, 8 inches in width. So it's not the, the hogweed. Mm, what do the f- leaves look like? Uh, they're, uh, well, they're broad on the bottom, like uh, rounded, and then they just kind of taper out. Okay, because, you know, hogweed is a, per- it's a perennial plant that starts... Yeah, rough. It starts as just a rosette of leaves. It takes several years before the giant hogweed flowers. And when it flowers, you definitely know what it is because it's like a giant Queen Anne's lace. Giant, though, like, you know, 10 feet tall Queen Anne's lace. But for the first few years, it is just leaves. Yes. Um, okay. So this isn't the hogweed, that problem weed that that gentleman has as well as me. And I tried digging it out. I've had it for the five years. And... um the root is way down, and it's very uh, tuberous. It's very hard to get out, like a dandelion weed. If you don't get it all, it keeps coming back. Mm-hmm. And I, like an ignoramus, didn't have my garden gloves on or even uh, 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 rubber uh-huh. gloves, and my skin broke out in blisters. Mm-hmm. 
from uh, trying to, to handle this, this weed out. Oh, wow. And I used hydrocortisone to get rid of it yeah. and a flush, a detox flush for seven days. But um, I, you said something about, okay, you were going to dig into it again. Okay, yeah, that was. You would email that gentleman, but I was wondering, could you put it on the show, what the name of that weed is, so other people can uh, get rid of it as well? For sure. Uh, at this point, we're not quite. Po- it's um, a gentleman in Scarborough who has a weed that he's having trouble getting rid of. But in his case, it's a, I believe it's more of a ground cover type plant. So it, what he's looking for is an identification of the plant and then uh, tips for how to get rid of it. Um, so oh. I will certainly, once I see the picture and identify it, uh, bring it, put it on the show if you're interested. Uh, the weed oh, uh, you are having issues with, have you eliminated it now? Is it gone? No, no, it's still You're there. Still struggling. The I live in a in a sixplex, and mm-hmm. the gentleman that takes care of the yard is bringing all this stuff from the bush and whatever. Oh, and well. This plant is highly pro- prolific. And oh, okay. I've been sneezing like crazy, uh, and I don't have any allergies except to mildew and uh, mold. So, Mary, can you send me a photo of your weed? No, I have no way of doing that. Mm, okay, but if uh, somebody you know has a cell phone or uh, anybody who is in your neighborhood in the sixplex was willing to send a photo, I'd be happy to take a look at it. It doesn't sound like the same one as Ed, but yes, no. if you've had issues with your flesh and skin, stay away from it. And, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, absolutely. It'd be nice to eliminate it. Roundup is very effective early in the season on weeds when they're young. I tried it. And it doesn't work. Well, vinegar, everything doesn't work. <laughs> So what I would do is I would, uh, early in the season when, when invasive plants are just emerging from the ground, we spritz them and we stay on that spritzing to the green leaves, and that's when we can actually be effective. Uh, and that, that's when Roundup is effective with so many of these horrible okay. invasive things. Well, thank you very, uh, very much, Mary, for the call, and we're going to be talking to Angela again. She got through on the line, Excellent. and so after these words, we'll come back to The Garden Show, and Charlie will have a chat with her. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, for the second time this morning, hello and welcome back to the show, Angela. Hi there, Frank. Thanks again. Uh, I have tomatoes planted in a pot. Hello? Yes, we're here. Oh, sorry. In a pot. Mm -hmm. But what's happening is some of them, at the bottom of them, are like rotting. Oh, the the tomatoes. The tomatoes. Is it because it's too much water or not enough water? Not enough consistent water. Not enough consistent water. And actually, it's a really good question you're bringing up. When tomatoes rot at the bottom of the tomato, where the we call that the blossom end. So where the blossom was and that little end rots, there's a name for it. It's called blossom end rot. It's a very consistent syndrome. It does happen to tomatoes in the field, but more likely to tomatoes in pots. And it's all got to do with availability of moisture, consistent availability of moisture, which if we get right down to the physiological process, the water keeps the plant turgid. It keeps the cell walls um, firm. And by doing that, we then have all the different minerals being able to do their thing. And it all goes down to calcium. So if, ca- if it, calcium is a limiting factor and then water is inconsistent, you will see blossom end rot on tomatoes and eggplants as well, even peppers sometimes. Oh, so really? In a, I've in, been watering them and there are those pots that have 
you know, the, 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 they have the little regular watering oh, yeah. of its own. Oh, like a self-watering pot. Like a self-watering pot. Oh, excellent. Pot. But have you fertilized at all? Yes. Okay, and was it with like a tomato fertilizer? Yes. Oh, okay, good. And you followed all the directions in terms of using the quantity and the mixing and, you know, yeah. doing the consistency that it, way? It's only some of them. It's not all of them. It's mm. just a few of them that get like that. Yeah. What I would say is if you see that going on in the tomatoes, just get out your scissors, remove those tomatoes. They're not going to be, they're not going to improve. Okay. Uh, and in the, for now, for the rest of your tomatoes, just stay on top of, do continue to fertilize uh, okay. as per package directions, whether yeah. it's every Every 10 days or every two weeks, do that. Um, and if it is a tomato fertilizer, there will be calcium in that fertilizer. Okay. So that's good. And stay on your watering. I know it's, it, well, you're right. With a self-watering pot, you kind of have to assume it, it's doing it good, you know, doing a good job for you. But make I, sure I there's really always... flood it. Yeah, <laughs> make sure there's water. I flood it with water in, in, the, in the trough yeah. and on top. Okay, so you're, yeah. But then let that reservoir go dry or get down before you flood again. Okay. Okay. All Excellent. Right. All right. Good question. Right, thank Thanks for calling. Much. Thank you very much, Angela. And uh, you know what? Looking at the time, that's all the time we have oh, for, for calls this morning. How'd Charlie. that happen? Uh, well, uh, you know, you talk a lot. Oh, no, I, I, did I say that? I, I thought that was my inside voice. I was oh, dear. just going to say, I thought we just got here. Yeah. <laughs> and now you tell me I talk a lot. Fine. Well, all right. You've already already put a big dip in my bank account. When you I know we're going for lunch. Both out for lunch, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. We're all going for lunch. <laughs> I'm having spaghetti, the cheapest thing on the menu. He's offering peanut butter sandwiches <laughs> yeah. all around in the parking lot. <laughs> uh, well, hey, it's been fun this morning. Talked yes. to a lot of really, really interesting people. And yeah, great questions. Great questions. Yeah. Going to do it all over again next week, are we? Uh, I guess we are. And what are you going to do in the meantime? Uh, well, I have a little bit of a break now between now and 2.30 when I uh, mm-hmm. return with the... Uh, lots of fun and frivolity for uh, uh, excellent. Yeah, and uh, James will be with me, and we'll have some fun and frivolity. Fun and frivolity. Yeah. There it is. Frankie's fun and frivolity. Put, put our the favorite fun thing. Fun and fun. <laughs> so why don't you? Um, you could come home with me, and we'll harvest some garlic together. Oh, goody! <laughs> That'll give you something to do in the next couple hours. Come on. All right. Oh, and you know your your email number uh, again. Let me just. One more time. Perfect. It's C. Dot Dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. Thank okay. you, friend. You're welcome, Thank Charlie. Thank you, James. Thank you all the, to all the great callers. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.